0: Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Sensitive Collective podcast. I am your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann, and I created Sensitive Collective to be a space where empaths and sensitives can come and receive guidance, love, and support on their own healing and empowerment journey. Whether with just me or one of my guests, we show up in vulnerability to share our own stories and insights with the intention of creating a network of support for you, dear listener because feeling all the feels healing from past trauma old patterns and learning how to navigate and fully step into your sensitivity superpowers can feel confusing and sometimes honestly super lonely but you are not alone there are more of us empaths and sensitives waking up to our nature every single day and the work you're doing to heal yourself and claim your power is the work that will transform both you and the entire world, and it's why we're here. So join me on this sacred journey of self-discovery, self-love, and self-healing. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll do it all together. I'm so happy you're here. Enjoy. Hi, dear ones. It's your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann. I wanted to hop on here real quick and, um, for this episode, just to invite you to book a free discovery call with me. Why book a free discovery call? Why look towards working with me as a healing mentor or stepping into any of the offerings that I have, um, as a resource for you on your healing and empowerment journey, you are sensitive, you're a sensitive soul. You think maybe you're an empath. You may know that you're an empath. You may have questions about what that means practically in better ways, more supportive ways for you to be living your life. Very often, I know I talk about this on the show, if you've been listening, very often, sensitives and empaths, when we haven't been given and taught the tools with which to navigate our sensitivity, it can really feel like a burden. It can really almost feel like a curse. Um, it's this this language that we need to learn, and we've we've got all these survival strategies that we've adapted so that we can make it through. I believe that you deserve to thrive in your life, and my purpose work is to create space to show you how to do that, to guide you through it, and to bring you back home to yourself so that you can really claim your own sensitivity as the superpower that it is. Some of the issues that empaths and sensitives struggle with, chronic health. So often, that is a big one. Um, Even physical injury, right, that can come up. Um, Feeling really isolated because that's part of your survival strategy. Feeling disconnected because that's part of your survival strategy. Addiction has been a part of your survival strategy. And addiction could be to substances, to alcohol, to television, to emotional eating, disordered eating. Feeling riddled with self-doubt, being ruled by your inner critic, having a really harsh inner judge, just doubting your intuition not being able to trust your inner knowing and always second guessing yourself, always placing the power in someone else's hands, not being able to speak your truth, having trouble saying no, chronic people pleasing and just generally feeling overwhelmed in relationships, which again can lead to chronic health issues, feeling isolated and disconnected. You see where I'm going? They're all connected. They're all interrelated and they all start to really shift As you claim your sensitivity as a superpower, as you learn how to love and accept and embrace the beautiful, sensitive soul that you are. And it would be my honor to guide you in that journey, even if it's just in this one step of a discovery call that doesn't lead to -to one-to-one mentorship or other offers that I have, I promise that having this discovery call with me will leave you with more clarity, about what the right next aligned step is. And that in and of itself will feel extremely empowering. So I wanted to extend that invitation before we dove into this episode. It's a really great one. I'm so excited. There's tons of value in there for you. I will link how to book a free discovery call with me in the episode notes, but without further ado, this week's episode of the sensitive collective podcast, I'm sending you so much love. And welcome my loves to another episode of the Sensitive Collective Podcast, where I'm joined today by just a wonderful guest, Shayna Francesca, life designer, speaker, founder and CEO of Consonate. Welcome Shayna, it's so good to see you today. Thank you, I'm glad to be
1: here, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm I'm personally really excited for this conversation with you. Me too. Yeah, there's gonna be just so many juicy gems and just so much value um, for myself and for our listeners. So let's dive in. Yeah. I um, I know there's many many um, areas within your wheelhouse. One I I wanted to kind of pick your brain around is interior design, and and the way that you talk about interior design as a as a tool for for personal development. And then something that can be really intentional and really powerful Um, Mm -hmm. as an empath and as a highly sensitive person myself, I know that that I'm highly impacted by my environment just in general, but we spend so much time, especially these days within our own homes. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, let's open it up. And I just love to hear some of your insight and perspective around that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, for me, I went from looking at my work as like interior design as this thing that was entirely like you know physical and um but knowing and knowing that I conducted and I worked with my interior design work in a very specific way in a very intentional way right um that now my my interior design work sits under the umbrella of life design right mm. because it's such an impactful part of our life so in a study that came out in 2019, of the three most important things to our happiness as human beings, number one is our mental health. Number two is our home. Number three is our physical health. And I wow. believe that number one and number two are indelibly tied together in reflections of one another. Mm-hmm. Is in my work continually as an interior designer, I saw the impact. And the reason why we don't, why we, we, we absolutely, when I say that to people, they absolutely feel it in their body. They know that what I'm saying is true, right? Because they've, they've felt that for themselves. The reason why we don't hear that spoken about out loud, right, and really embraced culturally is because of capitalism and the need to consume to support consumption, right? Yeah. So the way to establish yourself as worthy and important in capitalism is to cons- consistently consume, right? right? Like keeping up with the Joneses. That's yeah. where statements like this came from is to prove, okay, I'm valuable. I'm important. I can keep replacing all the things with new things. And really it's just marketing and marketing has nothing to do with who we are inside. And so the way that I look at interior design is it's interior design and interior design.
0: Oh yeah. And so it's interior design you're motioning to the room. But yes. that interior
1: design, emotioning to your heart and interior self. Yes. And they are absolutely tied together. What I tell people to think about your interior to, interior environment is this way. Number one, it's your bedroom specifically, but in your home, it's the it's the first place you open your eyes to in the morning and the last thing you you see before you close your eyes at night. It is and can be a vision board for your life. It Mm. is a reflection of how you see yourself. And in many ways, it's a reflection of where we are in our mental health, right? Yeah. And I am not of the mindset that that means our entire environment must be consistently clean and perfect and like that kind of um, insane organization. I instead believe that We can, it's an iterative process like anything, right? And as we move and change and grow, so does our physical environment, but that doesn't mean we throw everything out and start over again, right? Yeah. We can find ways to incorporate, to move things around, to maybe put some paint and new knobs on something. We can... We can find ways to incorporate, or or you know, it might be time for that thing to be moved out of our home. We can sell it, we can give it away, and maybe bring something else in. But it's not about our interior environment looking like any kind of reflection of Instagram or current trends or any of those sort of things because they've nothing to do with who we are. Yeah. Um, and so I believe our interior environment shouldn't be. when I work with people as their interior designer, for me, I feel incredibly honored because that person, what they're doing in essence is tasking me and allowing me to be the mirror for them, right? To show them and create a physical environment that for me is a reflection of how I see them, right? That's how I look at interior design is me reflecting back how and who I see you as and how I interpret how you want to show up in the world, right? And so tasking me with that, I feel it's an incredible responsibility, right? Because it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with who you are. And so we sit down and we have this a conversation about what is the story you want your life to tell? You know, and not in a google maps version of i want to do this 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 and this right and then this and this you know it's more like a let's let's establish direction like on a compass Mm. where do you want to go how do you want to feel in your life what experiences do you want to have and those experiences are usually tied to how we want to feel right right we want to entertain people in our home because we want to feel a sense of community and connection right we might want to have dinner parties or Or we might want to be able to have musician and artist friends gathered together, so on and so forth. So this helps us to navigate and decide what space, how we take up space inside of your home, how you take up space inside of your home. Do you have a dining room because you have dinner parties all the time? Or do you have a bunch of artist friends and that becomes the music room? Right. Or the the painting room or the sculpture room or the yoga room, right? You know, whatever, whatever we are we are doing the most of in our life and really brings us joy and brings out our creativity that should have a centerpiece in our life it shouldn't be relegated to the basement <laughs> or like the back room or the garage right it should feel like something that we're embracing because it should be something we're embracing right so that's the basis of my work and that's why i've seen um, you know, when we start to recognize our interior environment as the stage from which we tell the story of our life, right? Not in a performative way, but yeah. the, way that a, the way that a stage set sets the vibe, it sets the culture of, of the, or the, the, um, the energy of a moment. It is supporting what's being acted out on the stage, right? And it's the same way in our life. Our home should be supporting the ways in which we want to show up in our life, It should be supporting us, not us supporting it, right? Um, It it shouldn't be pushing rules on us. We should be able to abandon the rules and have our interior space be a a beautiful reflection of ourselves, right? Give ourselves permission to take up space beautifully and intentionally. So this is the foundation of all of my work is intention, is curiosity, is you know, this, this leaning into what's possible when we allow ourselves to show up as our whole selves and abandon. Ourselves.
0: I love that. And you know when you say that to me, the epitome of that is like the 12 and 13 year old versions of myself who, who didn't give a flying fuck about decorative, uh, you know, rules, or this is the best, this is the size of the rug, like, I I would do the weirdest stuff in my room, like, if there was a chocolate box that I liked, I would poke a hole in the back and, like, pin it up to my wall, because I thought it was beautiful, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I remember, my parents thought it was a little weird, but anytime any of my friends came in my room, they're like, whoa, like that's yeah. so cool, you know? Huh. They got that. Yeah. And then somewhere along the way, we we fall into again. I hear the word is like should, 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 right? This is yeah. how it should be. These yeah. are the rules you have to follow. And it is, yeah. it's so reflective of so many other ways in the process of of growing up in into adulthood. Yeah.
1: But we feel like like adult. Yeah, exactly. Adulthood becomes this um, adapting to societal norms. Yeah. Rather than being a full and complete um, like ownership of empowerment of who we were born to be right yeah. it becomes a shedding of those it becomes a shedding of what makes us nuanced and beautiful and authentic and a hiding of those things right which disempowers us and dehumanizes us
0: yeah
1: right and then <clears throat> and then it's like okay in adulthood i don't have the luxury right of being myself but it shouldn't be a luxury yeah that's that's where our power lies and we are all weird and being able to embrace our weird right? Like my favorite part of working with people, whether, you know, whether it be through group coaching or it be through as their interior designer or it be through, you know, interacting with them at a, you know, doing a, um, a workshop, whatever it is. My, my favorite part is like them sharing their weirds with me. Yes. You know, like (laughs) the things that they love to do that they would never tell anyone else. I'm the keeper of so many people's weird secrets. That's my favorite thing. But I'm like, they shouldn't be secrets. And I hope someday I'm not the only person who knows them.
0: Yeah. And what's so interesting too is so often when we share a weird with someone or a, a community of someone's, yeah. we're not the only one. Correct. <laughs> it's like there are a of people who paint with our color of weird.
1: <laughs> exactly. Correct. Yeah. There's other people with our exact weirds or similar weirds you know, and and it's just a matter of giving ourselves permission to really show up and embrace our weirds. And I know that, you know, doing that comes at a cost inside, especially inside of systems of oppression, which we exist inside of. Um, It does come at a cost, but at the same time, the more of us that form community together around that authentic connection to ourselves and to one another, the more powerful we become in changing the world so that People being their full selves is safe, is okay, right? It is what we're doing on the regular rather than suppression of self, which is leading to our disconnection, our loneliness, our, you know, depression, all these mental health issues. This is an, uh, you know, it's an outgrowth of continually suppressing ourselves. Yeah. And so many other things, right?
0: Yeah. And it feels like what you're saying really so cool that your home is this kind of a foothold that you have that is you know the the sanctuary of self. it's the first foothold in the world where you can give yourself permission to really show up and yeah. just be you it's and where we that, can practice yeah and that the more you the more you give yourself permission to have that space literally <laughs> within the, the walls of your home Um, or your room, right? If you have a a cohabitative or, um, if you're partnered, you know, your, your man cave or whatever it is to, to create some space for yourself, um, to, as you say, to practice that and, and really embody that then, you know, it's easier to with that practice, that embodiment, that integration to show up outside of those walls. Yes. Or grounded into yourself as well.
1: Yeah. Because we can't show up in big ways in our life in ways we haven't practiced in small ways. Yes. So intention is a practice. Curiosity is a practice. Vulnerability is a practice. All of it is a practice. Being human is a weird experience. Fundamentally it's weird. (laughs) Right. And it's not meant to be anything other than weird. Like the fact that we're told it's supposed to be this homogenous Existence, in this homogenous experience is bullshit. Yeah. It's supposed to be weird. We've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's a part of curiosity is knowing we don't know, right? Failure is simply a, re- a representation of what we don't know yet. You know, these are ways of reframing and understanding and practicing, right? So we can practice these things inside of our own home. We can reorganize our furniture and then realize a week later, actually, this isn't working, and I keep bumping into something. So I'm going to move it around and mm-hmm. I'm going to figure it out. But, but for me, what I learned, and I grew up, I grew up in in an evangelical Christian cult and an abusive household. And for me, when things were really difficult, the thing I would do is reorganize my furniture. And I would like literally reset the stage. I was breaking my association with what was, reset the stage. And and for my brain, it was this moment of, okay, we can try again, right? And even though I wasn't in control of anything other than my bedroom, I wasn't even allowed a lock on my door. You know, I, I had no real privacy or real, you know, ownership over my domain, but I still found a way to, to feel like to own that space as best as I could. And by reorganizing the furniture, it was like, okay, you know, we can, we can, we can try again. We can start again. We can try to carve out space for ourselves in this world. We can, we can reset this, this moment. Right. And it's so important in our own homes that, that as we change and we grow, We recognize that our environment can be a reflection of that to remind us, right? So that we have this, we're very visual people, right? Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I tell people (laughs) is to not discount the power of scent in our lives. So scent is our strongest connection to memory and emotion. So especially um, when it comes to people who are working significantly from home, or you might do a variety of tasks inside of your home, or you know, maybe you've got, you know, kids or something like that to, to embrace the power of scent to change the mood of a moment. Mm. So you can burn a candle or spritz the air with an essential oil, or even put it on your own body.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, an essential oil or, or a perfume or something that indicates, okay, I only wear this thing, or I only smell this scent when I'm working. So my brain starts to associate that scent and can help really get you into, okay, I, and I even have, um, because I'm neurodivergent, I actually have a couple of playlists that I only listen to when I'm working, right? And so I use scent and I use that, those playlists to kind of trigger into my brain, okay, now it's time to work. When those things go, when I'm done working, those things go off and go away and the scent is no longer present. And then I can walk away and my brain's like, okay, now it's time for something else, Yeah. right? And I can, we can literally trigger an emotion with a scent because once a scent and an emotion are connected, they are almost impossible to disconnect in our brain. We can never rewrite that scent memory, right? Never, we can never rewrite it. So um, you can create new scent memories with new emotional associations, like a scent that you have no real association with, create one and then use that to trigger something like a moment of joy or you know a moment of focus or whatever it is, right? And I tell people to remember when I say that, immediately what drives that home is me to say, remember like your favorite grandmother or your favorite aunt, right? Like inevitably what comes up for people is the smell of their home, especially their cooking
0: mm.
1: or like the scent of hugging them, right? And like that, that immediately when I say your grandmother, People like get a smile on their face and they're immediately thinking about her house, right? We're immediately usually thinking about their house and the way they smell. (laughs) So we can create that same association for ourselves and really tap into more than just our visual senses.
0: I love that. And that's such a powerful reminder, um, you know, for other neurodivergent folks out there uh, like myself and highly sensitive people and, and empaths in general just you know ways of really um claiming that sensitivity as yeah. a power that you have if we know that we're sensitive mm-hmm. well let's let's capitalize Who's on that 100%. <laughs> let's use that to our benefit exactly. i am exactly i am so sensitive when it comes to scent it is it is unreal in fact one of my exes he's who is Scottish, he used to call my nose the wee detective, because my nose, I can smell out like it's, I don't know if you've ever read the perfumer, but it's almost like Mm. it feels like it's this whole other superpower that I have (laughs) is the crazy sensitivity of my sense of smell. Um, But for example, a friend of mine recently sent me a gift for my birthday, and It was a couple articles of clothing that she had had within her home. And she's really big on scented candles and she has her own body sprays. And so they were there for a period of time and they smell like her. And it is such a powerful smell. And I, I wasn't thinking I didn't wash them. I just put them in the drawer Mm -hmm. and then in my sock drawer and I opened the drawer and it was almost like I got slapped in the
1: face. Yeah. (laughs) It's
0: like. Whoa, my friend is here. And I had to wash every single Everything that thing that was in there in that drawer because it was such a disconcerting feeling to be wearing clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would be sitting on the sofa and it was my sock drawer, right? So I had a few like leg warmers and some other things. And she'd give me some little romper things. And so I'd be sitting on the sofa reading. I'm like, what is that? Where's my, and then, oh my gosh, it's my feet. Yeah. <laughs> like-
1: yeah oh my oh my gosh yeah yeah um, yeah yeah yeah, but and then it's the, so, yeah it's so interesting how other people sense we know them and then they can feel so invasive if they come into our space and they linger too long
0: yeah <laughs> totally it's just very yeah. confusing um at yeah. a similar kind of feeling you know to when it's someone else's energy, right? And
1: yes, like, exactly. Like,
0: where is this coming from? Why am I feeling? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. It's not mine. someone it's not else mine. has been here.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, I I also like to people who are maybe newer to spirituality or you know not not all that versed in like recognizing that I say to you know picture or imagine like when you're in you've we've all been like in a room right with our back to the door, and absolutely known the moment a specific person came into the room without Mm. even looking, we -hmm. could feel them, right? Mm -hmm. We could feel them, good or bad, anywhere in between, we knew this person entered the room. It's just like that in our home. So we should always be careful of who and what we allow inside of our home because everything is made of energy, not just people,
0: Yeah,
1: everything, right? Mm -hmm. So if something, that's, that's where being intentional comes into play is we can walk around our home We can pay attention to our body language, our heart rate, our anxiety levels. And if we're, as we're walking through the physical environment of our home, we Mm -hmm. come upon an area where our heart rate spikes, we start to feel anxious. We're trying to avoid it. We don't want to look at it. That's, that's a thing that might need to be addressed because we don't want to be walking through and in our home and feeling anxiety because then we're associating our home with anxiousness, Right. So if we can find a way to address that thing, to give it maybe better space or move it somewhere else, or maybe it needs to be donated, or maybe we need help organizing it, maybe we need body doubling. Maybe we can ask a friend to come over and just sit with us while we go through it, right? We don't need them to actually go through it with us. We just might need them to sit in the room and talk to us so we can get through our executive dysfunction and we can have, we can have, you know, um, an easier time of processing through whatever emotions or frustrations might come up with dealing with that. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's a matter of like being intentional, listening to our intuition and giving ourselves grace and kindness and knowing that like our home is not meant for anyone else and we need each other. Yeah right? Like finding this balance and finding this place of nuance.
0: That's so true. I love the way you communicated that. One thing that came to mind with that, my, my grandmother, paternal grandmother, who is no longer on earth with us, um, we had a really tenuous relationship, uh, to say the least, when she was alive. And she was a, a, a painter. And I have a lot of her paintings oh. and that I inherited. Mm. And many of them, um, I really love the frames, um, but the pieces, like they're very, there. and I didn't realize I had, because I didn't at the time, I was much younger. I didn't have any art that I'd really bought and invested in for myself. Um, and so when uh, my first home, um, I had put up a lot of her work And I did notice. I finally was like, I take it
1: down. To take it
0: down. As you're telling me a story,
1: my anxiety is raising. I'm like (laughs) over here, my heart's palpitating for you. I'm like, oh my God, I hope she took them down. (laughs) I did. And then
0: since then, I've had a really beautiful experience um, in healing, you know. uh from beyond the grave with her our relationship and now she's one of my guides and you know it's a whole Mm -hmm. other situation and i have a couple of her pieces up but it has a very different energy now than it used to
1: yeah Um, but i
0: have more of her mother's pieces up Mm. and there's a very different memory that's associated with them and even a lot of the art in my home was gifted from a couple of you know former partners who it was a, a good situation. It was a good relationship, and we just parted ways. And there was, yeah. but I, ha, I have to be very, I think, intentional about what uh, it is I'm, I'm yeah. putting on the walls of yeah. my home, yeah. Um, yeah, because it does. It, Your subconscious um,
1: associates and, it with whoever it is that made that, whether you yeah. know that person or not, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it mm-hmm. can be really important to just feel into intuitively. Just because something's beautiful doesn't mean it belongs in our home.
0: We have yeah. to intuitively
1: just sit with something for a minute before we bring it into our home, right? Mm-hmm. And and so one way I love to talk about this is, is after one of my talks, um, a woman came up to me and she was like, I loved this conversation. It's so powerful. And she's like, you know, it made me realize I've really got to do something with my home. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And She's like, well, I'm in the middle of a divorce. And so now I moved out of the home. And it's like the first time that I'm like living out on my own since I was in my 20s. And this woman is in like her late 40s, early 50s. And um, she's like, you know, I just, I just put these um these posters up on the wall. And I was like, she's like, you know, I, I guess I need to take them down and I I gotta figure something out. And I was like, can can we can, do you have a minute? Can we just like breathe with this for a moment? Can I ask you a few questions? <laughs> and she's like, sure. Um, And I was like, so what are the posters of? And she was like, they're of concerts. And I was like, interesting. Okay, are they concerts you've gone to? She's like, yes. And I'm like, or did you ever have any of those posters up when you were married? She said, no. Mm. And I said, well, what do they remind you of? Like, why, why did you want to put them up in the first place? She's like, well, I loved going, I love going to concerts. I loved being, you know, these are some of my favorite bands. And I'm like, okay, then can we consider that they do belong up on your wall because they remind you of your wild. Maybe the difference in how they are there, right? Maybe the difference in the, the place of intention for these posters, instead of taking them down is actually honoring them is getting maybe you want to put you know a simple frame around them you know something you could get inexpensively you know like walmart <laughs> i mean like it doesn't have to be expensive because you're going through in a divorce and that's hella expensive right but can we just maybe put a frame on them or even if we don't have the money for a frame maybe you can put them up in a specific more intentional way right make sure that they're level and and, and kind of connect them you know chronologically up in the wall like be more intentional about how they are showing up rather than feeling like you have to take them down, right? And that to me is the crux of my work and the crux of interior design for yeah. every single person is being intentional about how we're doing things mm-hmm. and that the rules, you know, because what in that moment, I think she was, she was assuming that I functioned as an interior designer like other interior designers that she sees on TV,
0: yeah. right?
1: Where they would, they would take those, Posters down, and they would put up, you know, something else, right? Something beige, <laughs> something, something, something more socially acceptable, yeah, like, yeah. Me, you know, so on and so forth. And I'm like, the rules do not apply in your home unless you say they do.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And so, being asking ourselves, what's my intention for my life? How do I want to feel inside of my own life? What are the experiences that I want to have? You know, getting clear on the story that we want our life to tell then lets us set our home as that stage. And because the stage, you know, the story she wanted her life to tell is her reconnecting with her wild and, you know, reconnecting to herself and knowing that she gets to be who she wants to be and show up for herself, those posters are a part of that story. Absolutely. Right. And so that's, I think, one of the most powerful things we could do is just be intentional about how right? And know that intention is iterative like everything else.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's like working with clients on, and I love, I also use the idea of a compass and just the strength of intention and coming back to how do I want to feel and -hmm. and what are my core values? And those are so intimately connected, right? Because it's, that's, those core values are kind of the seeds to the the way that we want to feel and the ways mm-hmm. that we want to show up and the life experiences that we want to have yeah. for ourselves and, and in relationship with others. And so yeah. leaning into that intentionally and then using that as a filter or lens through which you're mm-hmm. viewing your home and letting yeah. that inform the way that you are, are creating it. And I so relate to the story that you said earlier. I feel like probably, I don't know, maybe it's all humans. I can't, I can't speak, you know, as a, as a young girl, I completely relate to your story of rearranging the furniture. Like I cannot tell you. And, and there Mm -hmm. is, there's a sense of when you're a young girl, um, in a strict religious household or other scenarios, there's, there's in childhood and in in that space between childhood and quote-unquote adulthood, right, as a Mm. teenager, there's such a weird lack of autonomy. Yeah. And there's such a need for it. And so maybe that's why, but I can't tell you how many times, like, you know, I would be moving, dragging. Like I don't know how little old me could move such big furniture. I have no idea. But like three o'clock in the morning, it's like you yeah. know what? It is time for a change.
1: Like, right. <laughs> I would use every part of my body. I would hoist my back against the wall and use my legs to push furniture. I mean, I was, I was, and I'm. T- I mean, I'm tall. I'm six foot one. So like, at you know, at the age of twelve, I was like five ten. Right. So like, wow. I was pretty you know strong and capable. But like some things, I'm like how did I even <laughs> how did I do like, how did I do that all the time? Entirely by myself, <laughs> very yeah. industrious.
0: Yes. Yeah. There's, and there's, and I feel like I really, it, it made a, it did, there is a something there subconsciously I wasn't aware of obviously, but that is just so empowering because yeah. it's, it's a physical proof. It's evidence in front of your face. Mm-hmm that i have the power to change my reality and i think mm-hmm. that's something that's very attractive yes. to me it's that that tangible evidence yeah of empowerment
1: yes yeah yeah and it's that practicing taking up space intentionally mm, it's yeah. it's it's and i tell people like intention happens like the development the practice of it intention and and designing your life right because that's the language that I use with with my work is life design is it's not about doing more it's about being more intentional with what you're already doing and when we are designing something right we're turning it into a work of art and I love the quote by Pablo Picasso that says art is the elimination of the unnecessary Mm. right and so as we get more intentional we start to be able to carve away what is no longer necessary we'll be able to make more space for the things that are necessary that are in alignment and they can take up space more beautifully and intentionally instead of being cramped by all the things that aren't in alignment with who we are yeah right and aren't in alignment with a well-designed life um and so it just really gives us a sense of like peace and joy right? When we can let go of that, which is not serving us yeah, we just give ourselves permission, right? It's so empowering and it's such a beautiful practice to happen in little, little ways Mm -hmm. that then our brain starts to recognize and expand on that. Like that's how our brain works. You practice things in the little ways, right? And and then all of a sudden our brain expands it and starts to see patterns in other places, right? But we have to establish that practice in the very small things. Yeah. In the ways that feel accessible to us. So it's not like resolution. It's iteration. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. I feel like iteration is where all the power is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's where the integration happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Exactly. Because we can, we can picture the vision or how we want it to be, but it's the actual embodiment through practice that we get that bone level knowing (laughs) like (laughs) that deeper understanding that that lived experience yeah um that makes it more accessible yeah in a moment's notice
1: absolutely yeah absolutely yeah yeah and i if we can circle
0: back i i think it's so you know we talk a lot on the show about energy and you know coming back to You know everything is energy not just us but the things in our homes and you know the example of walking through and seeing like what is my heart rate how do what's the feeling in my gut as i go through and and um you know for example i know uh for myself and for a lot of empaths and highly sensitives that um when there's uh like clutter chronically um mm-hmm. and and things that aren't in alignment for my own core values and mm-hmm. uh which you know is a, is another subject but um when that the mess like chronic mess mm-hmm. can be an energy drain it is
1: um, yeah
0: yeah and that there's other things i'm sure that would qualify as that and so yeah. if you could just maybe for for beginners you have folks who are like oh my gosh i want to like <laughs> I want to juice up the energy of my home and make it really supportive. I think you've given some insight already on how to do that, but just practically um, some exercises or some things that um, our listeners can, can really take and and start to iterate for themselves to to get a little bit of that foothold within their own. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think that music is one of the beautiful things that we can help to, um, change in energy, right? Because it is vibration. It is sound. It is energy. It is literally pure energy. <laughs> it's nothing else. It's just sound, which is vibration, which is energy. Um, and so capitalizing on the power of that, right? We could put on a song or a playlist that really we love and enjoy, and we can help use that to regulate our nervous system, right? As we're like, we could dance, so you know, move through it and move to it, and then pick one thing. Just start with one thing, right? Don't be like, I'm going to attack, you know, this, ent- this giant stack of things, right? Because especially as neurodivergent people, we have doom piles, right? And they typically are like mail or like, uh, you know. I feel so mean. Yeah, I know, <laughs> <laughs> mail, bills. So what I do with my doom pile, right, is I'll pull it out and I will make myself, um, I will make myself a deal. What we're going to do is go through this pile and we're going to eliminate all the junk mail, we're just going to throw out all the junk mail. That's it. That's all we're going to do today. Right. And inevitably, once I get started, Mm. sometimes then I'm like, okay, now that I've gotten started, I feel comfortable and okay with trying to tackle a couple of other things in this doom pile. But if I go into the scenario, deciding that the doom pile has to stop existing and I've got to deal with every aspect of it, I'll never get it started right? But if I can enter into it in a fun way and I can be dancing and singing and moving around and I can be standing while mm. I'm going through it, right? You know, unless like, unless sitting feels more connected, but for me, sometimes it's the standing, right? So that I can kind of move through the nervous energy. Yeah, I can put that doom pile up and I can say, okay, we're just going to throw out these couple of things. I bring over the trash can, I'm dancing, I'm singing, I'm just eliminating the things. And then I start to categorize it naturally, right? Because I'm already going through them. I'm already touching it. Yeah. So now I'm going to start naturally categorizing it, right? And then, then I'm able to like start dealing with it. But it's just getting things started that typically is the hard part. And so making it fun, because no, who says that it can't be fun to address difficult things? Mm. Who says we have to address them in such a somber, serious way? Yeah. Right? you are an
0: adult, put on your adult face and
1: do the adulting. Right, 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 right. But that doesn't work. It doesn't work. We're just children inside of larger bodies, right? Like, like, what what do you mean? I don't know. I, sometimes, like, I love, I love that, I love that TikTok that went around for a while. It was, like, the fact that I'm left unsupervised. Yes. Like, like, I shouldn't be left unsupervised. Absolutely not. Like, I, like, I, you know, we still have, like, we still get to have fun and do fun. And, you know, for me, it's like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe afterwards I'll have, I'll have a celebratory dance party. You know, I love a random dance party, you know, or I'll have, I'll go and, you know, um, maybe I'll just go for a walk right afterwards and just enjoy the sunshine and give myself time or, um, you know, whatever it is, like something to, or I'll get on my trampoline right? Like whatever it is to just give myself the opportunity to work through whatever anxiety might be lingering after dealing with that thing mm-hmm. and just letting my body sort through it instead of, um, instead of holding it inside. Right. And I think that's the, the key to, you know, moving through difficult things for me, especially as a neurodivergent person is developing physical practices to move through the energy, to feel my feelings Right, yeah, because actually. as neurodivergent people, we intellectualize our feelings. We don't actually, we, we've, we, we have a tough time feeling them. <laughs> we can identify them, we can analyze them, we can tell mm-hmm. you all about them, where they came from, you know, how they're being affected, so on and so forth. We can tell you all the things. We're very, very analytical, but we aren't very good at feeling the things because it feels dangerous, That's right? so if, interesting. It, you know? And so for me, it's how do I make this thing fun and accessible? And, and feel okay because I need to honor the fact that I don't feel okay about going through the doom pile and I don't need to make myself wrong for creating it. And I don't want to make myself feel bad or shame about the fact that it's existed for as long as it has, right? So by making it fun, I'm not making myself wrong or bad. I'm just embracing who I am and yeah. giving myself grace and kindness
0: mm. and
1: just enjoying the moment, right? Yeah.
0: It's a radical self love piece. Yeah. That's so, so important. Yeah. Yeah, um, And what we talk about a lot here, which is removing, giving yourself permission to remove the value judgment,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, good, bad, w- ugly, uh-huh. whatever, yep. and just, you know, to lean into acceptance, mm-hmm. into grace and into yeah. compassion um, for yourself. It's really yeah. a powerful practice on its own.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So I'm, I'm curious to know um in what ways have you experienced your own sensitivity to be powerful
1: um my intuition is very strong especially when it comes to people um it had to be um because i grew up in an abusive environment um Regardless of how that skill came to be or how, you know, that sensitivity in that specific direction came to be, you know, growing up, I was told I was judgmental, so on and so forth. But time and time again, my intuition about people proved itself right.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so as an adult, the way that it has showed up for me is giving myself permission to not allow access to certain people to my life and not require any explanation or approving right so if, if my intuition says because of my sensitivity if my intuition says this person is not a good energy match for you this person is harmful to you whatever it is whatever comes up for me i don't i i allow it to be the superpower that it is i embrace that i have that sensitivity and i just don't invite that person any further into my life and i might back them out of me if if something has shifted and they're no longer a safe person for me without any justification, explanation, or reason, because I owe nobody any of those, right? I don't owe anybody any of those things. Um, And so for me, that, that sensitivity is something that I've just, it's saved me. There's times when I've been like, I'm not sure, should I keep checking in with my intuition? Because sometimes it's, you know, you're not sure if it's the moment, you're not sure if it's a difficult conversation, so on and so forth. So feel like feeling into that. But now I've given myself permission to quicker, like within a few days or a few times of meeting somebody, sometimes it's the first time I meet them. I'm like, nope. But yeah, sometimes it, it, nope. It, 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 yeah absolutely not. We are not going to be friends. But sometimes it, it takes, like, especially when it comes for narcissistic people, because mm-hmm. narcissistic people feel exciting for us as neurodivergent people. So they spark dopamine in our brain. So it can take a minute for us to recognize that even though like our dopamine likes them, but our intuition doesn't, right? And so recognizing that those things might, that somebody can feel exciting to us and also be harmful to us at the same time. And so giving myself a moment to just like lean into my intuition and believe it, even if my dopamine really wants to be around that person, just saying, you know what? I'm just going to back away. This person's not right for me. Right. Even if it felt like there was a spark between us. Right. Cause that, that spark doesn't necessarily mean a good thing. Right. So it's just, just believing myself has really been something that um, has been very powerful for me and has allowed me to usher people out of my, my life now in a matter of days or weeks, rather than months and years.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so there's a lot less damage done um, because as neurodivergent people, narcissists love us because we spark, we are creative bombs, right? We are just full of creativity because our brain is like a supercomputer. So we're processing, you know, 40% more data than holistic people. And so narcissistic people love to take our ideas and then implement them, right? So they use us like muses and it, it does nothing but take from us. Yeah. Right. They're constantly pumping us for ideas and introducing us to new ideas, which our brain loves and is a dopamine hit. Yeah. But eventually we experience burnout just being around that person. Right. And so recognizing these patterns of energy that show up around certain people is really, really important because they'll, narcissists love to also make us feel like we're so brilliant while they're stealing our ideas. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I
0: feel like, and now I'm looking back on past relationships with narcissists in, in a whole new way.
1: I'm like, wow, yeah. that actually. Yeah. yeah. Once I put that together, <laughs> once, I, yeah, once I put that together, that my dopamine loved them, but my intuition didn't love them and why those things felt at odds, like why yeah. I was struggling inside of myself. I was like, oh my God, my brain loved them, but my body felt violated right? Like I felt harmed and violated. My creativity Mm -hmm. felt violated. I felt exploited and also excited. Right. And so it's this, it's this disconnect. Right. Um, and so once I, once I figured that out, I was like, oh gosh, this is going to make, you know, being more intentional about the people who are allowed around me so much easier. Yeah. Not perfect. It's certainly not a foolproof system. Absolutely not. But it does make it easier to say, as soon as I identify that behavior pattern, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to go now. And then I just go. I don't explain it. I don't get, because narcissists also. <laughs> trying to break up with a narcissist is a, don't do it, just walk away. Yeah, <laughs> just, just walk away. <laughs> yeah, so giving myself that permission to just gracefully walk away, it's, it's been really powerful.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your approach your methodology your work and just your vulnerable shares of your own life experience and showing up here with us um shayna how can folks get in touch with you what would uh, and and are you offering anything that you're especially excited about now you know please please share with us
1: yeah so um i have group coaching um and people can enter that whenever you know whenever they want to, it usually, uh, people engage for like three months at a time. That's what I ask people to kind of commit to if they're interested in getting um, involved. I also have one-on-one coaching. but so What I'm really, you know, I'm passionate about is facilitating workshops on intention and, and connecting with companies who are looking for keynote speakers or events or, or organizations who are looking to have this intentional conversation um, to empower their people. Um, you can get connected with me through my website. It's um, consonate.world, and I'm sh- and I know they're gonna you're gonna tag it in the show notes. Um, my emails there, information about everything that I do, everything that we do as a company. Um, uh, there's some helpful tips and tricks and some videos and things. So av- everything that you need is there. Links to um, social media, so on and so forth. So if you want to get in contact with me, the best place, the hub um is just my website
0: wonderful shana thank you again so so much for coming and sharing with us today it's been such a joy to connect with you
1: um
0: i know i learned some new things and um i know that this has offered just so much value for our listeners today and i'd love to close out as i always do with a little reminder um, for myself for you for our listeners and that is you're doing the best you can where you're at Mm -hmm. with what you've got and I love you. Mm.